Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Taiwo Dukoya, the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Church. It is our prayer that the message you're about to hear will no doubt shape on your destiny in Christ. Be blessed as you listen. John chapter 4. I'll read from verse 1. John chapter 4. The gospel according to St. John. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat those by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get the living or that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him, hallelujah, will become in him a fountain of water springing into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that, you spoke truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit. 
and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, we call Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Wow. I leave the rest. Praise the Lord. Uh, one of the greatest evangelistic campaign in the gospel, as a matter of fact, I think the greatest is what you just read. Praise the Lord. But you see, it didn't set out like do one, two, three to win souls. As a matter of fact, it was just about worship. And the moment the meaning of worship sank, people rushed into the kingdom. So this morning, for the next few minutes, I want to talk on covenant and worship. The scriptures, I mean our text says, the Pharisees were still at it. So if you ever think that the devil will leave you alone when you are right with God, you are joking. Uh, the devil will not leave you alone when you are right with God. As a matter of fact, he will do more to stop you. Hello? Yep. Somebody asked, so, Pastor, this fight, when will it stop? Two things. Is it that you die or you go to the side of the devil? But the unfortunate thing is that when you go to the side of the devil, he will still kill you. Because he will be afraid that one day you will wake up and the prodigal will return. So the moment he gets you off where God has hooked you, hmm, it's like a marriage. Hello? And everything is fine with husband, between husband and wife until they still seduce her outside. Seducing the man or the woman. And usually, look, if you look to the man or the woman or the person being seduced, like something sweeter is there. It's a lie. Water is water. When it's been stolen, it will taste sweet. Similarly, the day that water you are stealing is declared is yours, the sweetness will disappear. You are back to square one. So it's just an illusion of sweetness. And that's what makes sin pleasurable. It's an illusion. That woman that you are sneaking around to, hey, the daddy said, you know what? We'll take your wife away from you. Marry her. I bet you, you won't last one week before you know you are in greater trouble. So the devil will give you more pressure. He will try his best. So the Pharisees were at it again. And what did they know? They heard that Jesus was baptizing more people. Wow! We have to stop this man. But see, Jesus has so much delegated. So you can't stop Jesus. You have to stop many Jesuses. And this, oh, I feel the fire. And that's still happening. Many more, many more, many more have been produced every day. So when they heard that, and Jesus knew that they would plan some other strategy, of course he knew that his time was going close. So what did he do? He said, ah, let's go to Judea. 
from my understanding from this scripture, Judea could have been approached this way. But there was need for us to pass through Samaria so we can go this route, so we can pass through Samaria. So it was a detour. It was an intentional detour because there was a divine appointment in Samaria. And so, in getting to Samaria, a curious mind would want to know why Samaria. So what happened in Samaria? So what happened in Samaria? Amazingly, he was tired. Can you imagine the Bible telling us that in getting, on getting to Samaria, he was tired, he was wearied from the journey. He was hungry. Oh. But he had need to pass to Samaria. And the first thing you're saying that he was tired, he was weary, he was hungry. The humanity of Jesus. Somebody get ready. You're about to somersault. Into unusual. Sincerely. Achievement of your life. And it's in line with your destiny. In line with your assignment in life. Then you begin to understand that nothing just happens by chance. So he was there. Then what amazed me was that all the disciples went to look for food. All of them. Uh-uh. Judas was still with them, remember? Twelve of them left him alone. When God wants to do something, he will orchestrate certain strange circumstances. How can you leave him alone, tired, sitting by the well? All twelve of you went looking for food. They must have been very hungry. And so while he was alone, guess what? It was a woman that came. And the woman was coming, minding her domestic responsibilities. She was holding a bucket. Only God knew the, the thoughts in her mind. How hopeless it was. She got there. Seeing a man, usually what would happen? Mm-hmm. If, he's, if he was sitting here, you go around the way to the other side and turn your back to him. Because even the religion would not allow you to say hello to a woman. Talk to a Samaritan to a Jew. But Jesus knew and he knew why he was there. He said, please can I have some water? He said, uh-uh. Why would a Jew ask water from a Samaritan and a woman? At that, a woman. Samaritan. That was how he broke out the conversation. But see, where he was going was simple. Uh, I believe that he was just trying to teach a lesson, and of course, he was on a mission to Samaria. The rest of the story, you know. But along the line, she threw certain things in. She said, Are you greater than our father Jacob? Who gave us this? And he himself drank out of it. Jesus said, he didn't answer that question. Because of, all, of course he was greater. On one occasion he said, are you greater? He said, before Abraham was, I am. And that irritated them. 
So if we're talking to Abraham, how much less Jacob? Jacob, the grandson of Abraham. And they were priding themselves in we are children of Jacob. So he said, whoever drinks of this water you are struggling to get, we will thirst you again. But if you drink of the one that I will give you. <laughs> you know, it went on, but I don't want to go into all those details. But he got to the place where he says, she, she started it again. He said, you see, now that I know that you are a Jew, you people say that um, it's only in Jerusalem. Glory be to God in the highest. He just said, it's neither Jerusalem nor here. Then we go to the issue of true worship. Praise the Lord. Verse 21. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you don't know. We, worship what we, we know what we worship. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. So let me speak from there quickly. The true worshipper is what he's looking for. So there are worshippers and there are true worshippers. There are no worshippers, there are worshippers and there are true worshippers. There are those who don't care about worship, but they do worship. Hello? Yeah, they think they don't care about worship. Some even, some even uh, uh, label themselves as atheists or agnostics. Don't mind them. So semantics. Everybody worships something. Glory be to God in the highest. I said, glory be to God in the highest. Some worship fame. They will do anything to be famous. And they spend the rest of their life trying to sustain their fame. They worship it. They will spend any amount to sustain their image. If you want to get money out of them, then be as stingy as what's the stingiest thing on earth? Attack their image. They will, they will offload their whole estate to maintain their image. They worship their image. Some, they worship money. The only way you can get them running, get them, in, get them moving, get them excited is guys, money should be made. Some worship their looks. Maybe more women do that than men. But there's nothing wrong in looking good. As a matter of fact, if you come to find you don't look good, we advise you on how to look good. Because God made you beautiful. Oh, yeah. I don't believe there's an ugly woman. Pastor, what are you talking about? If, if, if the ugly woman gives birth, to, gives birth to children, you tell me where she's ugly. You say, what do you mean? That somebody so much liked her, I slept with her. So, and beauty is in the eye of the holder. If you don't see, you are the one that is blind. I'm, I'm not joking. It's the truth. Have you seen any child that will tell you that his mother is ugly? So, whether from the husband's perspective or the child's perspective, there is no ugly woman. Okay. Glory be to God in the highest. I say, glory be to God in the highest. So some really worship their looks. But in the Bible, it says, let all your focus not be on your outward appearance or adorning. So the Bible is not against looking good. But when that becomes your total focus, that's what you worship. So everybody worships something. 
Yeah. We all do. And some men worship women. Sex. So we struggle in different areas. But some do worship. So the issue of worship came out. And so Jesus started talking about true worshippers. Then he says something. He said the time is coming and the hour is coming when the true worshipper when the true worshipper will worship the Father. Watch this. The true worshipper will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. The true worshipper will worship in spirit and in truth. Then he didn't stop there. Said God is spirit. And that got my attention. Jesus was teaching fundamental, I mean, the fundamental class or worship class here. Refoundation. You say you are worshiping God. God is not a man. So you can do everything you do to a man to get his attention. Will you catch God? Because he's spirit. So for me to worship God, it should be in the spirit. And he didn't say, do that worship God should. He said, must. Because there's no other way out. There's no second option. So if I'm going to worship him, I must do it in the spirit. I must do it being sincere to my own conscience. So the dialogue went on that way. And I began to look at it from that angle. And it dawned on me clearly that worship sincerely is not an emotion. Our emotions sometimes are engaged in expressing how we feel. The worship is not an emotion. It's not a ritual. Worship is a spiritual thing. Worship is by faith. Hello? If God is spirit, how do you connect the spirit from here? How do you bring what you have stored up in the spirit to bear in, I mean, on your situation here? You need healing. And by stripes you are healed. It's a spiritual matter. But we see people receiving healing. So how do you bring the things of the spirit to operate here? By faith. So how do I worship in spirit and in truth? By faith. So what if I, what if I don't feel like worshiping? You got it. You don't feel like. It's not by feeling. So what do I do? Yeah. Lifting my hand is tough, but I will lift it anyhow. I will lift up my hands in this holy place. I worship you. I bless you. I have every reason to be angry, but I just worship you. I want Almighty God. There is no life. I promise you in the name of Jesus. He who is already there with you will manifest in your situation. Yeah, that's that's and you know the interesting thing about it. The father is seeking such. It's not how I can impress you. It's how I can make him understand that this is between you and I. So, worship, like everything in the kingdom, is faith. Deliverance is faith. Protection from God is faith. Provision is faith. 
peace in your home. Faith. Because all these things are settled. So what? How do you know? Where do you put what we are doing right now? What are we doing now? We are gathered in his presence. We are gathered to worship. It's by faith. That's why two people can sit together and somebody is worshiping, the other is not. And they're in church. If it's by faith, it's of the heart. Praise the Lord. And tell you why, why this thing is so, so, so important. Because, I mean, see, Jesus said, in John chapter 17, I think verse 17, can you put it there quickly? I want you to see something. Let me get into my Bible. It's all this area, but I don't want to read all this. I just want to go to one verse and, and skip. Praise the Lord. This is the context, actually. Oh, praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me read from verse 11. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you, Holy Father. Keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are one. Glory be to God in the highest. While I was, in the, while I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you, have, I mean, you gave me, I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I, see, I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray for thee, I mean, that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth, your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. Jump to 24. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory uh, that you have given me. For you love me before the foundations of the world. Uh, O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known that you sent me. Now, what I'm trying to say is this. Can you see something all through that prayer? All he was saying is that you are in me, I'm in you, we are one, and these ones are coming into this equation, or they have come into this equation. What I'm trying to say clearly is that there was worship going on there. Subtly. Subtly. The glory which you've given from the beginning, I have shared with them. Now, the world will know through them that you sent me. They have known that you sent me. Let them be one as we are one. Glory be to God in the highest. And you tell them, say, I mean you and you are in me, that they may be in us. And everything, they're just trying to get them to understand that, look, there's something different about you. And I'm saying, that was worship. Throughout, uh, in John chapter 5, he made, it, he made it so clear. He said, look, I don't do anything except as I see my father do. I don't see anything except as I, hear, as I hear him say. I'm in constant touch with home. My focus is there. My whole being is there. I only just display here what we settle there. And so why are you surprised? So the beginning of miracles, the beginning of the victorious Christian life is a worshipful life. And that's what he's just establishing here clearly. Now quickly go back to when they went to meet him. Teach us how to pray as John taught his own disciples. 
That's one version. One version, he was saying that, why are you worrying yourself so much? Your father knows that you have need of these things. And from there, he taught them how to pray. So either way, how did he teach them how to pray? And that place where he taught them how to pray, they saw him praying. Come on, church. Is somebody here with me? They saw him praying. You are always praying. So he was now, now teach us how to pray. So he would teach them how to pray. He taught them how he was praying. And what did he say? Our father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So what is prayer? Prayer is worship. Straight. Hallowed be your, thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then give us this day. That was what he taught them. And that was what he was doing. Now, combine this two. I always see him. I always hear him. So I repeat what I see. I repeat what I hear. With, he was always praying. He was always praying. Is somebody following me? Praise the Lord. So it's pretty easy, beyond argument, that there was a relationship between Jesus and the Father, which Jesus came to bring us into covenant. Hello? Are you, are you with me? Father, we give you praise. Father, we give you honor. It's, it's, it's quite interesting. And still follow me on Jesus quickly. And so what happened from the day he was born until the day we found him in Jordan, we, we heard when he, was, when he was 12. And of course, he had it in him, but he was in the ministry. Now, hear what happened in Jordan. As he was coming out from the water, what was he doing? Pray. What was Jesus doing? Pray. Pray. I know you know. If you don't answer me, it's because you know your prayer life is in trouble. And yet you want the victory. And the victory is knocking on your door. Why don't you say, God, forgive me right now? Say it. Say it. Go ahead. Give me grace. See, everybody has troubles. Everybody has troubles. Those who are winning are no better than you. They are only obedient in some areas. They are constantly praying. Even when it looks like God is not hearing. But that's, that's where the victory is. It's when I sit in my library, I go read my Bible. But no matter how late we are for where we are going, she will like. You almost say that's being religious. Then didn't Jesus say you should live in the world? And for you to do it, do it constantly. And what we teach them in the church was read your Bible, pray every day. Now we get so busy that we skip the reading Bible for about three, four days. One week until you come to church. Not that it's what you have inside of you that God will use. Jesus was never too busy not to be able to pray. What about the Bible? Ah, let me tell you that as his custom was everywhere, every time he entered his synagogue, they gave him, and he knew where to read. How will you know where to read if he hasn't been reading it? He opened to where he read, did he open it for him? Can't you see that your progress is found in your leisure? Whose delight is in the law of the Lord and there in the Tuesday and night? We can say they are religious. Really? Why don't you even try to be half as religious and refuse to be religious? 
So we judge all those people say, they don't mind them. They're just doing things legalistically. Okay, I hear you. But they are getting results. I'm not saying you should be legalistic. But I say, don't make excuses for your lapses. Hello? Let's be honest with ourselves. After all, what was he looking for? True worshippers. True worshippers. So, the least we can do is to be truthful. At least with him. Alright. As soon as he was coming from there, what was him? He was praying. He was praying. What he just taught them. So how was he praying? Our final letter will be done unless I see this in heaven. Do you know that was his last prayer to the guy of Gethsemane? If it were possible, let this come to be taken. See, but no my will there, that's your will. Prayer! And that time he was the most stressful person living. And as he was praying, what happened, ladies and gentlemen? The heavens opened. And of course, you know the word, the drama that happened. And God spoke from heaven. We saw in the bodily form, the Holy Ghost descending. The three of them manifesting to the, I mean, to the perception of man. Hearing, seeing. Seeing the soul, seeing the spirit. Hearing the... <laughs> Hallelujah! Glory be to God in the highest. In the place of worship, miracles will happen. I feel the fire now. True. Miracles will happen. Then, this is my beloved son, well, please. So what happened? The Bible said, he came out of this, of the, of the, of the uh, oh, you are my beloved son, I'm well pleased. Then coming out of the water, he was led by the Spirit. Come on. The Son. And we are told that spirits are led by the Spirit, they are the sons. He just said, you are my son. And he was led by the Spirit. In the name of Jesus, the rest of this week, you'll be led. Amen. And you will know that you are being led. Amen. I say, you will know that you are being led. Amen. Because you are a child of God. I'm a child of God. You are never alone. I'm never alone. We are led by the Spirit. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And what happened? He was tempted. Come on, church. He was tempted. And the last of the temptation was such that look at the grace of the world, of the, of, of the whole world. They're mine. Given to me. If only you bow down and worship. So that shall not tempt the Lord your God. And only him shall you worship. So those who argue that Jesus, it was not written anywhere that Jesus worshipped God. Uh, he told the devil, you asking me to worship you? Anyone on, on earth is to worship the Lord God. That's what I do. I can't worship you. I worship the Lord God. The Father. Is he worship there again? And by the time the devil saw he could not get him in that area, he left him. Forever. For this season. It will, tempt, it will always tempt you. But this is what I'm going to tell you what I'm trying to say. Until you are tempted in worship, you are yet to succeed on your mission. When Jesus overcame that temptation of worship, he returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. The devil will walk very hard just to get you to worship. That was where he fell. I used to ask the question, so until iniquity was found in him, how did he get there? God created a highly creative being there. He used his creativity negatively. So your worship, believe you me, is a pointer to your creativity. Will you worship? 
Pastor Steve Jobs wasn't a Christian. Go and read his last statements when he was dying. You'll be shocked. It's all over the internet. <laughs> I believe in the name of Jesus, you are entering an era of unusual creativity. You can see where worship lies. Worship is the foundation of our relationship. Or rather, yeah, because without fellowship, there is no relationship. That's the sense of fellowship. Of relationship, rather. And what's the sense of fellowship? Communication. What's it? Worship. Is somebody hearing me? Glory be to God in the highest. I have many more things to say, but the time is up. But I take five minutes. Five minutes. Look at the life of David. Let me just read this out so we don't turn to it. Psalm 63, verse 6 to 8. It says, When I think of you, the meditation of you on my bed, wow. <laughs> Psalm 104, Psalm 4, verse 4. Of course, our popular Psalm 16, verse 7 and 8. Say, The Lord I've said before me is. It's constantly at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Worship. So it's my focus. You know the secret of victory in life? Ask Paul, or the writer of the book of Hebrew. After Hebrew 11, it says, Now that we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, Hebrews chapter 12, or let us lay aside and run to the race that is set before us. How? He said, Looking unto Jesus. The what? Hello. Medit- worship begins with your thoughts. Songs are means of expressing it. I can sing Hallelujah, hey, and it doesn't go beyond here. But when it's born from here, Hallelujah, hey, even you will know. Heaven will know. Hell will move back. It begins with the thoughts. So, unguarded mind cannot truly worship God. That's to say, you should guard your heart or keep your heart with all diligence because out of it comes the issues of life. And you talk of this focus, focus, and looking looking on Jesus, looking on Jesus. What that tells me simply is this if you can see him, you will worship him. Hello. If I can see him, I will worship him. But if I'm in a covenant with him and I'm constantly in him, I'm, I'm permanently in him and he's in me, then my life is one steady flow of worship. It's like saying that I'm married. Even when I travel, I'm in communication. I'm thinking that when I'm not traveling, I'm always seeing her anyway. Even when I'm not planning to see her, I see her. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, that's marriage. That's covenant. No matter how much a man is annoying you, as long as you are married, you can't get him out of your mind. Sometimes when you divorce, in fact, most times when they divorce, it doesn't go. Don't mind them. Just create problems. But that's not to say that you should stay there and die if the man wants to kill you. That's why you should come for counseling when you need one. 
So what am I saying? His very presence provokes worship. So I can, can I just come and say, hey, how are you doing? Hey, and all I just see on you, oh, what a beautiful woman, what a well-dressed woman, what a well-mannered woman. I say, ah, along Kushe. My thought of God, bam, worship. I said, ah, that boy's called straight A's, all his stars. Wow, we are grateful to God. Worship. Only God. Only God. We are grateful to God. Everything should remind you of worship. I feel the fire in my shoes. Worship. So, concluding, God initiates it and he receives it. Jesus initiates worship and he receives it. He is the author and the finisher. Remember, remember John in Revelation chapter 1? Said the moment I saw him, I fell down like dead. You will fall. You will fall. Even Dagon, when they put him in the same room with the Ark of Covenant, he fell down. They took him, put him back, he fell again. They took him and said, ah, You guys, you don't understand. You say you are worshipping your God and you now brought the almighty God's presence into this place. The next time he went down, the legs and the arms were broken to a shirt. Kind of nonsense. At that point, they knew that they had to find a way to send that act back. God will always get there before you. You can trust him. You can depend on him. You can lean on him. He will never fail you. That is worship. Your father knows that you have need of all these things. Why should you let these things take you away from him? Wash. Shall rise. I want you to prove to him this morning in the name of Jesus that he doesn't have what it takes. That the center of it all is Jesus I see. For the next two minutes, can you please just neglect the lies of the devil and give praise to whom is due? Worship the Almighty God, the Maker of all things, the Creator of the ends of the earth, the One that cannot fail, deserving our worship all the time. Let's just worship Him. Worship Him. He's more able than you can imagine. Hallelujah. He's more able. It's more able. More able. Much more. Much more. Able to do exceedingly abundantly above what you can ever dream or imagine. Just give him praise. Is it that future husband? Future wife? Believing God for a child? Is it your business? Is it your job? Is it your health? There are distractions. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. It was just worship they were discussing. The whole of Samaria believed. The whole of Samaria through worship.
you know what worries you know you know what you know what worries do it, it, it takes your focus and put it nowhere it, because this is the problem it's so big it's so big push away from jesus that i'm looking at it goes could it be can it be can i try can i try you have you are, you are nowhere but i reject that for, for you in jesus name I release the grace of God over your life. That your, your, your focus on him will never be distracted. In the name of Jesus. My focus of him will never be distracted. My worship will be to him and him alone. In the name of Jesus. Is you we know that you have been tremendously blessed by this message. For additional information and materials from Pastor Taiwo Dukoya, please contact us at the Fountain of Life Church, 12 Industrial Estate Road by PZ Industries, Off Town Planning Way, Ilukoju, Lagos. Visit our website at www.tfolc.org. Thank you. God bless you.